Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, and I am right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, right here in New York City. And El Trompito is back, and the media hates it. El Presidente, Donaldus Magnus, Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of these United States, is back in the White House, and the media is going bananas. President Trump wrote on Twitter, don't be afraid of COVID, don't let it dominate your life. Almost 210,000 Americans are dead. Speaking of outrageous, uh, this outrageous tweet. Oh my goodness, Nicole. When I saw that Trump, I mean, I, I literally was overwhelmed. And now we see this tweet, which is heartless. It is uh, cruel. But first, I want to thank each and every one of you. This is America. This podcast, This is America with Rich Valdez is still in the top 200s on Chartable's Apple politics chart. As of today, we're at number 163. That's up 37 points in the last couple of days. And I'm just grateful that we're on the charts in the United States. Not to mention, we chart in other countries. (laughs) I don't really uh, aim into other countries, but we do have some listeners in other countries like Brazil occasionally. So shout out to all of my buddies like uh, Lucas Jim and the Bolsonaro crew in Brazil. Tudo beleza. Aqui nos Estados Unidos, rapaz. Tudo bem, meus irmãos. Little Portuguese for you. Now, the media went nuts when the president came home last night. MSNBC's Joy Reid freaked out on the air and literally said that when the president posed, walked up the stairs to the residence, got on the balcony of the residence at the White House, and took off his mask and posed for the media that was there to welcome him or berate him, however you want to phrase that, and gave a salute to the crew aboard Marine One that he was having a Mussolini moment. Listen to this. This is a a, a Mussolini moment. Uh, Donald Trump, who looks like he has makeup on, which means somebody had to get close enough to make up his face with his favorite orange patina. He's standing there as if he is, um, you know, a member of the old Russian czar family. Um, I I don't know what that's supposed to be. That's MSNBC's Joy Reid. I don't have a funny name, a nickname uh, to turn Joy Reid into a foil here on This Is America, at least not yet, because Joy Reid used to record her podcast at the WABC studios, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, and I would see her and her peeps pass by. And I got to tell you, they were always very polite. Uh, They always said hello. I didn't really know who they were until after the fact one day. And I was like, who are those people? What are they recording? And somebody said, oh, that's Joy Reid. And I said, oh, snap. (laughs) That's funny. Anyway, they never um, were disrespectful towards me. And I don't believe them to be bad people or to leave 
that she's a bad person. I just don't agree with what her saying. And I think what she said is totally out of control. For starters, the president was on his balcony in the White House. Yeah, that's the people's house, but he was on his porch. I mean, so if you're on your front porch or your deck at your residence, are you wrong for not wearing a mask? So now everybody who takes off their mask on their porch, on their balcony, on their veranda, if you're in Puerto Rico, they call it marquesina, you take off your mask in your outdoor living area, you're now a fascist. You are now Mussolini. Come on, man. That's my Joe Biden. Come on, man. Shut up, man. I got hairy legs. You've got to be kidding me. That's crazy to think that. But that's what the media did. Now, listen, I'm glad that people know who Mussolini was. And I'm even happier that the media of all entities sees him as a bad guy because he was. Fascists like Mussolini shouldn't be forgotten. We need to know our history. Otherwise, like the saying goes, we'll end up repeating it. Now, Mussolini is a famous Italian fascist. What I find interesting is how quickly the media forgets Antonio Gramsci, the famous Italian Marxist, who, as of late at least, he's been making his rounds. I mean, he's been dead for a while, and there's the International Gramsci Society. But that's been sort of unearthed, at least earlier this year, with the presidential election, because indeed, former presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg has a connection to the Gramsci family, to the Italian socialists' legacy through the uh, society, because his dad was head of the international Antonio Gramsci Society. Yet the media really didn't wig out about that. They never said that, oh my gosh, Pete Buttigieg and his dad were supporters of this famous Italian Marxist. No, not at all. No noise about that. But Trump, el presidente, taking off his mask on his porch, on his balcony, Oh boy, sound the alarm. So I was looking at Twitter and I saw that one of my colleagues from WABC retweeted a tweet from CNN's Jim Acosta, who some of you know as Jim Acosta from that big Mike incident that happened a while back, where he called the president the coronavirus in chief. Uh, this is the virus coming back to the White House. Now, I found that to be inappropriate, not because the president can't handle, you know, a, a silly comment. Not really. That wasn't really the reason why. It was more so because I felt that it crossed a line. And that's what I responded on Twitter to Jim Acosta, saying that there's trolling and sparring, and then there's stupid. Jim Acosta's comment falls into the latter part of that. It was stupid. No one wears masks on the balcony at their own house. Now, the other criticism that I heard over and over was, look at Trump with the way he's holding his chest out and others saying, well, he's short of breath. Look at him. He's having labored breathing. How stupid can people be? He literally just left the hospital to continue convalescing in the White House medical wing under quarantine and isolation because he had coronavirus. Now, I've heard that coronavirus causes shortness of breath. Thousands of Americans had been on ventilators and they died. Now, patients like President Trump, are released faster without the need for intensive care, no ICU. And across the country, hospitalizations are down, just like deaths are down with respect to coronavirus. So if someone is recovering from a respiratory virus and they seem to be short of breath after walking up the flight of stairs to get to the balcony, literally coming home from the hospital, should we be alarmed? Should we think, oh my God? 
The obsession that the media has with Trump's breathing is one-sided. They don't want to criticize him because he has short breathing, although they are. The root of it is they're upset that he is breathing. They don't want him to breathe. That's the troubling part about this. More evidence that the extreme, radical, progressive wing of the Democrat Party has taken over the entire party to the point where they are completely godless and soulless. They're unpatriotic. They don't care about America. They don't even care about humanity. I'm not putting every Democrat in this bunch, just the ones that are in charge in Washington. And yeah, that's my opinion, but that's based on the facts of what's going on. You've heard Trump say that the Democrats are turning a blind eye to Antifa and that the media that lies, the fake news, is the enemy of the people. Well, after seeing so many Americans, leftists within the media, respond to President Trump's hospitalization from their obsession over what his oxygenation level was to the critique of how he was breathing after he walked up the stairs to go home and convalesce and for taking off his mask, I can honestly tell you it's my opinion that the Democratic Party, at least those radicals within it, have truly become the enemy of patriotism in America. Keep it locked right there because up next, I'm going to talk to you about this new video that came out and how radically divisive it is. You're listening to This Is America. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. He's got the best head of hair in podcasting. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, and that's at Rich Valdez on Twitter, on Parler, on Instagram. Get at me on all of the social media. We want to engage with you so that we can continue to have this electronic dialogue because I'm in New York City and so many of you are scattered across the country and we want to keep the dialogue going and I want to stay informed on what's happening in your neck of the woods. Now, not only is the media sowing racial discord and violence with their lies, according to a new video from Just Facts, and you definitely want to check that out at JustFacts.com, JustFacts.com slash rich, and you could sign up for free alerts. So whenever they put something out once or twice a month, they'll email you and let you know they've got a new video that just dropped or a new report that's out. Just Facts is the best place to get your facts. I highly recommend them. But she is back. Former First Lady Michelle Obama made a video boosting her guy, Joe Biden, and blasting my guy, El Trompito, Donaldus Magnus, El Presidente Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of these United States. Now, Michelle Obama, the wife of the demagogue-in-chief, Barack Obama, she came back with a vengeance, putting out a video saying the craziest things. I mean, she tried to literally stir every single pot. She talked about... Teenagers in hoodies and people that look like her are scared because of a sitting president, Trump. This is the wife, former first lady of the United States, the wife of the president, demagoguer in chief, saying that Americans can expect a knee to the neck or some sort of attack from the cops. Listen to Michelle Obama, the one that so many of you said, oh, she's going to come and run for president, blah, 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 blah. And I've been here steadfast holding my own telling you she's not running for president. She's going to go crazy on the campaign trail because this is what they do. But I want you to listen to her, blame you and every other American for all of this craziness that she's talking about, saying that you're accepting these things and that President Trump is just confusing the situation. Check this out. 
Think about how you felt over these last four years, how quickly things have turned. And then think about what the next four years could mean for our country's future. The message we will send to our children about who we are and what we truly value. Think about what would possibly compel you to accept this level of chaos, violence, and confusion under this president and be willing to watch our country continue to spiral out of control. Because we can no longer pretend that we don't know exactly who and what this president stands for. Search your hearts and your conscience and then vote for Joe Biden like your lives depend on it. It's clear that the Democrats are desperate, appealing for empathy. But President Trump, he nailed it because as Michelle Obama is trying to scare Americans coast to coast into thinking that life is bad because Donald Trump is in the White House, when so many of them know innately because they have their own two eyes, know that that's just not true. I think Trump said it best when he was talking about the virus and said basically what the Bible teaches us, fear not. Listen to this. I just left Walter Reed Medical Center and it's really something very special. The doctors, the nurses, the first responders, and I learned so much about coronavirus. And one thing that's for certain, don't let it dominate you. Don't be afraid of it. You're going to beat it. We have the best medical equipment. We have the best medicines, all developed recently. And you're going to beat it. I went, I didn't feel so good. And two days ago, I could have left two days ago. Two days ago, I felt great, like better than I have in a long time. I said just recently, better than 20 years ago. Don't let it dominate. Don't let it take over your lives. Don't let that happen. We have the greatest country in the world. We're going back. We're going back to work. We're going to be out front. As your leader, I had to do that. I knew there's danger to it, but I had to do it. I stood out front. I led. Nobody that's a leader would not do what I did. And I know there's a risk, there's a danger, but that's okay. And now I'm better and maybe I'm immune. I don't know. But don't let it dominate your lives. Get out there. Be careful. We have the best medicines in the world. And it all happened very shortly. And they're all getting approved. And the vaccines are coming momentarily. Thank you very much. And Walter Reed, what a group of people. Thank you very much. Now, listen, not Michelle Obama, not the media. Nobody can sit here and blame virus deaths in Italy on President Trump. And there was a whole bunch of them. The Democrats think that you're stupid, whether it's Essential Andy Cuomo and his Essential Andy Cuomo podcast, deciding who's essential and who isn't, or Joe El Baboso Biden, or Michelle Obama. We simply can't blame the deaths in Iran on Trump. People that died from coronavirus across America, across the world, doesn't matter where they were. Trump didn't kill those people. Now, I know the media tells this every single day. This is Trump's fault. It's Trump's fault. It's Trump's fault. It's Trump's fault. And you're supposed to just believe that because they think you're stupid. I can tell you in my head when I hear that, I go, listen, bro, I'm not stupid. You could say that all, all day. And it's not because I like Trump. It's because I like logic. I like reason. I look at the facts. And there's no evidence to support that Trump did this. Now they want to parade Biden around as the the Lone Ranger with his mask on. 
And somehow, because he's the Lone Ranger, he's saving the world from coronavirus. And because Trump does public appearances when nobody's six feet around him and doesn't wear a mask, all of a sudden, everybody's gotten corona because Trump didn't wear a mask when they photographed him. You have to wear a mask all the time. Biden's giving speeches in empty rooms wearing a mask. Zoom conference uh, on, on the internet, nobody in the room wearing a mask. It's sheer stupidity. But of course, they're going to say, well, listen, you might say it's sheer stupidity, Rich Valdez, but your guy's got COVID and my guy doesn't. So, ha, take that, pal. And I look at them and I just shake my head and I say, tremendo pendejo que eres. You've got to be kidding me. People aren't this stupid. They're trying to play on your emotions. Democrats are selling lies to the world to get more power, to regain the power they have and to take back the White House. They're trying to blame white people for having white privilege. That's their whole idea. It's literally a communist Soviet idea. And then she doubles down on this mostly peaceful narrative that we've been making fun of for the longest time. Mostly peaceful, fiery, but peaceful. Buildings that are burning down. Kenosha, Wisconsin looks like a war zone. So many of these places that have been rioted and looted and burnt to the ground across America, not to mention the dozens of people that have been killed, dying as a result of this. They want to sweep it under the carpet. But those families know who died. And yes, they were mainly minorities, people of color, as they like to say. But that doesn't stop Michelle Obama and her demagoguery saying that the president is a racist and that only a tiny fraction, quote, of the protests were violent. Check this out. But right now, the president and his allies are trying to tap into that frustration and distract from his breathtaking failures by giving folks someone to blame other than them. They're stoking fears about black and brown Americans lying about how minorities will destroy the suburbs, whipping up violence and intimidation. And they're pinning it all on what's been an overwhelmingly peaceful movement for racial solidarity. It's true. Research backs it up. Only a tiny fraction of demonstrations have had any violence at all. So what the president is doing is once again patently false. It's morally wrong. And yes, it is racist. But that doesn't mean it won't work. Because this is a a difficult time, a confusing time. And when people hear these lies and crazy conspiracies repeated over and over and over again, they don't know what to think. With everything going on in their lives, they don't have time to fact check falsehoods being spread throughout the Internet. And even reasonable people might get scared. And the one thing this president is really, really good at is using fear and confusion and spreading lies to win. And that final sentence of hers, that's the one that really gets me going and The one thing the president is really, really good at is using fear and confusion and spreading lies to win. No, ma'am, Michelle Obama, that would be your husband, President Obama, who used lies and fear and confusion to win. This divisive rhetoric is exactly what's torn America apart 
since Obama got in, a little bit at a time. Remember, prior to Barack Obama's presidency, there was never such a thing as burning down a city in the name of Black Lives Matter. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. That just didn't happen. And it hadn't happened in a generation or two since the 1968 riots or maybe the Rodney King riots. And there was a couple of riots in Crown Heights. But these were very isolated and literally decades apart, at least a decade apart. You're going to have these flare-ups of racial insensitivity. And oftentimes, these things were always engineered and led, guided by race hustlers like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, working super hard to rip open the wounds that are healing Wounds that real civil rights activists, leaders like the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, leaders like him that fought hard to heal those wounds. These guys come dig it up, trying to go backward instead of going forward because they profit and they benefit from division. This divisive rhetoric is not only tearing our nation apart, but listen to every sentence that she utters. Every single sentence is us versus them. There is no we. There is no united America in the Obama vision. None. Listen carefully when she talks because this is the rhetoric that polarized America from 2010 and beyond. I think the first two years he was feeling his way around and if I look hard enough, I'm pretty sure I'll find some stuff between 08 and 2010 of him trying to rip this country apart into an us versus them scenario. This is the result of Barack Obama's vision for America. And if people are thinking, Rich, he was president a million years ago, that's when this happened. We are now dealing with so much of what he instilled. People that were little kids that were getting brainwashed then, now they're here. Now they're doing their thing. They're older, they can vote. They've got people like AOC. Just listen to her words. The Obamas want to rip America apart. So she says mostly peaceful. I say, she's really saying, don't believe your lying eyes. Because I think we all saw BLM ripping this country apart. Antifa tearing apart cities. She's saying that didn't happen. Didn't happen here, didn't happen there, didn't happen in cities all across America. Or that people, dozens of people, including children, didn't die as a result of this violence and the uptick in violence that went with it with the whole cancel the cops nonsense. Wow. This is a very powerful and dangerous demagogue that can look into a camera and lie to people this way. You don't have to believe me. You don't have to listen to me. But you do have to listen to every last divisive word that came out of her mouth in that 25-minute video and ask yourself, where is the United in United States when she's talking? Where is the we? It doesn't exist except to divide us versus them. Keep it locked right there. When we come back, Antifa's growing and it's not good. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America.
Bienvenido, America. Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez. We are still here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, right here in New York City. And you, of course, can always find us at richvaldez.com. The richvaldez.com website is where all episodes of This Is America can be found. All of the articles, any accolades, anything that we put out there is housed on that site. So I don't talk about it enough, but richvaldez with an S.com, richvaldez with an S. And of course, you can always go check us out on any social media, at Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez with an S. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting some new followers and engaging with you guys. I try to keep the conversation going in between episodes and, of course, hearing your feedback. My original name for Joe El Bobo Biden was just that. And one of the listeners heard it and said, you know what, you should try out Joe El Baboso Biden. And the day he did that, I shouted him out. I don't remember his handle now, but I will definitely give you a shout out if there's something I like and uh, we use it in the show. Why not? This is the type of dialogue we're trying to create so that more and more people can know what's going on. So I thank you again for listening. And I try to get as much information as I can from a website that I helped start a long time ago called politiweek.com, P-O-L-I-T-I-W-E-E-K.com, politiweek.com. It's uh, Politics Weekly combined together, and it aggregates different conservative articles from all over the place, from One America News and other trusted sources, as well as some commentary. Big shout out to my buddy Brandon Bryce out in the D who helped with that. And I also check my good buddy Dan Mangino, uh, who has a great aggregator site as well. And I'm looking at an article from there right now. Headline, Portland's Antifa mayoral candidate takes the lead. This is posted earlier today by Matt Palumbo. Check this out. The latest polling out of Portland's mayoral race indicates that the city will likely be in a perpetual state of disarray for the foreseeable future. Current Mayor Ted Wheeler has already been notoriously weak on the Antifa crazies that have been rioting in his city. You could say that again. This has been going on for the last four months uninterrupted. He's allowed them to burn and loot without consequence and has refused federal assistance. Recently, the Department of Justice labeled Portland as a, quote, anarchist jurisdiction due to the chaos. Wheeler's deeply unpopular in Portland, and he's hated by both those affected by the chaos that he allows and by the Antifa members carrying out that chaos. They think he hasn't gone far enough to the left. If they get their way, Portland could see their first Antifa mayor. Left-wing activist Sarah Anarone, if I said that wrong, too bad. I get butchered all the time, like Exxon Valdez. I get that too much. We'll face off against Wheeler in a runoff election on November 3rd. Now, in a tweet from January of last year, Iannarone wrote, To those who say Antifa are violent thugs, I am not a violent thug, and I am Antifa. I am Antifa because the red hats are coming after brown and black people, after Jews, after queer and trans people. And more. And they're coming after our democracy, end quote. And that is the Antifa candidate for mayor in Portland, if you could believe that there's actually such a thing. The article goes on. We previously reported on her other public comments that, you know, she claimed that she was reporting blah, 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 and blah, 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 with another tweet saying, when right-wingers with millions of followers focus on my everyday anti-fascism. The threat is to my safety, and it's a real one. So, listen. With respect to this lady, Ayanna Rohn, she looks... You look at her, you decide. You'll probably uh, understand what I'm talking about. Uh, but from the look of this, it sounds like she's a crazy. 
And Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler is trailing this challenger, Sarah Ayanna Rome, by 11 points, according to a poll of likely voters conducted by DHM Research on behalf of the Portland Business Alliance. Because business people want to know, are you as our government going to continue to allow things to go down, to allow people to go run amok in Portland? Now, if I had more time, I'd give my buddy Ernesto a call. He's out in Portland and I'd love to check in with him and I need to do that soon. I owe Ernie a call and I got to do that soon because I do like to check in with all of our peeps from across the country to find out what's going on from their perspective, from their view, not just from the reports that are out there. But the big story here is Antifa's gaining traction. Now, I get calls from lots of people and notes from a lot of people of people saying, listen, I'm driving across country. I'm a cross country over the road truck driver. And all I see are Trump flags. Now, every now and again, I'd say two out of every 10 calls that I hear like that are people that are saying, look, I'm seeing more Biden support than I've ever seen, more Biden support than I saw for Hillary because I've been driving on the road for a long time. Okay, I see that stuff and I get it. I understand. We can't, you know, signs don't win elections. So we can't base our outlook on that. The only poll that matters are the polls that are open on election day, and they're taking that away in many states. I just got my absentee ballot or mail-in ballot in the state of New Jersey, and I haven't opened it yet. I was talking to a colleague of mine earlier at the Midtown studio of WABC Radio, Talk Radio 77 WABC, big shout out to them, and he tells me, I got my ballot in the mail, And he's like, you as a conservative on the right, you're going to like this. I open the envelope that's addressed to me and there's no ballot inside. No way for me to send it back. Nothing to send back. I didn't say anything to him. I'm just in my head. I was thinking, why on earth would because I'm conservative and on the right appreciate that? I'm not assuming that he's going to vote for Biden. I'm I'm not happy that anybody can or, or cannot vote is what I'm saying. I want everybody to be able to vote. I hope everybody can vote. And I don't want anybody to not be able to vote. I believe in this democratic system that we have within our constitutional republic. I believe that you should be able to walk into the poll, the booth, and cast a secret ballot. I think that's our right as Americans. So I don't shun that. I think that's what we all need to fight for because when we see virtue in voting, when we see virtue in the democratic process within our republic, that's when we have government that works. That's when we have a peaceful transition of power. It's like an arm wrestling match. It's like, all right, we're going to have an arm wrestle here. Whoever wins, wins. And then we keep it moving. And that's how we decide these things. We take a vote. And based on the stuff that I read on my show yesterday or on Saturday or both, I did two shows. I did one at 11 a.m. in Long Island. I did another one out of Manhattan at five o'clock on Sunday night. And that's the episode that precedes this one on October 4th. That episode, I read this article from the uh, democracy poll. Let me tell you, encouraging poll. And that was a poll that said that President Trump should win with 320 electoral college votes to Biden's 318. Another interesting thing is that when you're the party that pushes out this idea, be afraid of the virus, be afraid of the virus, be afraid of the virus, And everybody's like, oh, snap, no, 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 Corona. I talked to my 18-year-old kid, 19 now. Big shout out to Jay Dinsky. She's 19 and she tells me, be careful out there. The second wave is real. It's coming after all of us. Uh, A lot of people that we know have people in their families that are getting sick. 
And I don't want, my response is not going to be, no, don't worry about it. It's the flu. Wash your hands. No, that's not my response. I want my children to be responsible and to be healthy. You wear a mask when you're supposed to wear a mask. You wear gloves when you have to wear gloves. We follow the rules. We do what we have to do. Uh, Some people want to say we're a sheep being led to the slaughter. Go right ahead. I say the commander in chief just got coronavirus. Lots of people are getting coronavirus. If there's something that we can do to stop it, I'm cool with that. Do I wear a mask all day long? No, I don't. If I'm outside, hell no. I'm not trying to wear a mask uh, unless I'm going to be on top of people, and I don't plan on being on top of people. The streets are not that crowded anymore in Manhattan, lamentably. I was on a subway, and I got to tell you, I'm giving second thoughts to that. I'm thinking, you know what? Unless there's snow on the ground or it's raining or it's freezing, I'm probably just going to start walking, even if it's a long walk, because too many people on the subway. It For a little while, there was some uh, social distancing going on, but now... If you're anywhere after 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, trust me, you're going to be on a train that you may not be physically touching the person next to you, but they're going to be two and a half feet away from you. And if you're not comfortable with that, don't ride a New York City subway. And I think that's the uh, threshold for me. I think I'm out unless it's uh, like 10 a.m. or something where you're on with four other people. Other than that, I'm good and I'm out. But if you are these people that push this narrative, this unending narrative of, you know, go hide yourselves, be Biden, go to the basement, wear a mask all the time, take a dump by yourself in your bathroom, drop in a deuce, put on a mask. This type of thing is not going to help you when you want voter turnout, even if it's mailed. People have to be enthused. And that poll that I just referenced that you should check out that last episode, I talked about it, about the perception problem they have and the enthusiasm problem they have. They're saying more people think that Donald Trump, and they're accurate, Uh, had a positive impact on prison reform and that Kim Kardashian equally, something like 41% of the people that were polled, and these were likely voters, typically classified as somebody that actually voted in one of the last three elections or two out of the three last elections. These uh, likely voters are not just registered voters or people in a particular zip code that may not have voted, period. So you got to be careful the polling data that you get. But this poll accurately predicted uh, Brexit, It accurately predicted that President Trump would win, and it's, we can't tell just yet, but it's predicting that Trump will win with 320 electoral college votes. The problem is they cite this enthusiasm problem, and that rings true in a certain number of cities. I would say Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, by and large, is a rural state with a big metropolitan city in Philly, and just like New York and a lot of other places, a big part of what turns that state blue comes from the big city. For example, in New York, New York City makes New York a blue state. It's quite possible that New York could become a red state because of the huge landmass that is New York State. But for the 50% of the electoral, or excuse me, the votes cast in any election coming out of the city, that's what sways the election. And that's the case in Cleveland, Ohio. That's the case in Detroit, Michigan, as well as in Philly. So if Detroit says, you know what, I'm not feeling this guy Biden. I'm just not feeling him. I'm staying home. And they don't crank out major numbers. They're saying Biden needs 90% of the African-American vote to carry Ohio. If he doesn't get that turnout, Ohio's going to go to Trump. I don't think Biden's getting that when he said, well, if you don't know if you're for me or you're for Trump, then you ain't black. And I got hairy legs. No, it's not going to work. I really don't. I don't believe this is why they got Michelle Obama on board, bringing out her racial rhetoric, digging up those old wounds, telling Americans basically that 
If you don't vote for Biden, then you're not black. And just trying to fault people and guilt people into feeling that if they don't do these things, that they're part of this problem. When she says things like America claims to uphold truth, honor, and decency, but that this is met with scorn because of Trump, you know that they're grasping for straws because the Dems are desperate. Listen to this one last time. Put yourselves in our shoes for just a moment. Imagine how it feels to wake up every day and do your very best to uphold the values that this country claims to hold dear. Truth, honor, decency, only to have those efforts met by scorn, not just by your fellow citizens, but by a sitting president. Imagine how it feels to have suspicion cast on you from the day you were born, simply because of the hue of your skin. To walk around your own country scared that someone's unjustified fear of you could put you in harm's way. Terrified of what four more years of this kind of division might mean for the safety of you and those you love. Living with the knowledge that no matter how hard we try, how much good we do in the world, there will be far too many who will never see our humanity who will project on us their own fears of retribution for centuries of injustice and thus only see us as a threat to be restrained. Grasping at straws in desperation. They need to turn out this vote. Kamala needs to really dig deep. And so far, it doesn't seem that she's exciting the base. Joe Biden isn't exciting the base. Donald Trump, very exciting to the base. This is the problem they face. Now, you're saying stay home, stay home, corona, COVID, corona, COVID, and you're trying to rig it so that you can do mail-in votes. But if you can't pull off mail-in votes because people won't literally go out and vote, then you want to be able to pull people out to make them vote. But you've spent the last seven months or six months scaring the crap out of people, telling them to stay home and save a life. (laughs) So I think when you have one side of the fence that's going to say, you know what, screw all of you, I don't like the mask anyway. I don't even believe half of them think this thing's a hoax. I don't even care about this. And I'm not talking about the president. I'm saying there's people out in the sticks that are like, listen, this thing's nothing more than the flu. And they can back that up with the numbers. Quite frankly, the numbers from the CDC itself show that this is not as sinister as we envisioned it or imagined it to be. In many respects, it's very similar to the loss of life that we see with influenza on a regular basis. However, I'm not going to say it's the flu. It's a completely different virus family, and I get that. The Dems need to turn people out in Ohio. Cleveland has to show up. Detroit has to show up for Michigan. Philly has to show up for Pennsylvania in order for Biden to take those states. If he doesn't, it's Trump all day. And based on what I'm seeing so far, I don't think the Dems are being effective enough in reaching their base and getting them excited to go out and vote the way you have Trumpers and Republicans and conservatives and Tea Party patriots, pro-lifers, people that like Amy Coney Barrett and maybe dislike Trump. There's a lot of people that are in line with Trump, even if they don't like Trump, because they like what Trump stands for. And that's not something that Joe has. Joe turns off the AOCs. He turns off the Bernie Sanders. The Bernie bros, they don't like him. The Democrat Socialists of America... They'll endorse him by holding their nose, but they don't like Joe Biden. He's not far enough to the left. 
they have a problem. Their base won't show up. Tomorrow night, Democrat debates. We're going to have some analysis on that. I'm going to connect with uh, John Batchelor from The John Batchelor Show to do some analysis on that. And we're going to bring that to you in the next episode of This Is America. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, you better stand for something because if you don't, you will fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph, that's Sir Edmund Burke, is for you to sit there and do nothing. Now's the time for you to do something. Rise up. Make a change. Reach somebody new. Old African proverb. Each one, reach one, and teach one. Hasta la próxima. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 